Welcome to the See You Next Summer Podcast. I'm Raul Rodriguez, and here's with me my really, really spooky friend. Maybe not a zombie? <laughs> Billy Pollahan. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, it's it's me. It's Billy. And uh, today, we are here to talk about one of the most celebrated films during the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing. I always thought this movie was just fine. You know, nothing special, but... Everybody loves this one. Heresy! It's Hocus Pocus. Yes! Sisters! Oh, god damn it. I hate you. Also, we are in person, so... Yeah, this is a special event. Yeah, so... um, I remember Hocus Pocus was played all the time on Disney Channel. Mm -hmm. I did not know it was a theatrical release. And... You know, um... It's interesting that you saw it on cable, though. Yeah. I saw it in Mexican public television. Yeah, that's... It's very strange. Mm -hmm. Because I always thought it would be a Disney Channel original movie. And it was conceived as a Disney Channel original movie. And by the looks of it, it looks like one. But it doesn't look cheap, like, when you see an episode or, like, um... What was the name of that show? Um, That famous uh, Stephen King for children? What is the name of that? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. It oh, doesn't yeah. look cheap like a Goosebumps or the other one that it was the Nickelodeon competition. Uh, don't be afraid of the dark. Thank you. I pulled that out, out of my ass. But yeah, so I fucking love this movie since I was little. It's one of my favorite movies. I can quote most of it. And it's fun. You cannot deny that the movie still is a staple. And also it's interesting because this movie was a flop. Was a massive flop. Oh yeah, I learned about that later, and then through the cult of television, mm-hmm. like the Wizard of Oz, like the Wizard of Oz, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very passionate, still active fan base. Mm-hmm. You even today get... are people reacting to the sequel? Yeah, we don't need to talk about the sequel. I saw it, and controversial opinion, I liked it. You haven't seen it yet. No, I don't know if I I will, but well, you you know, never say never. I agreed to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, also because you were you said Disney Channel original movies, I was like, we cannot fucking. It has been like what? This is almost like a two hundred episode, and we're not gonna talk about Hocus Pocus. Well, there's a lot of movies we could apply that for, but yeah, yeah, apparently not. We haven't done the Wizard of Oz, surprisingly. Well, I'm kind of glad. Because it's been talked about, it's been talked to death for decades. Yeah, yeah just like and this. And I think though we're never gonna talk about Citizen Kane. Nope. If we're like, if we're gonna do like a pretentious month, maybe. <laughs> we're not that pretentious. Uh, just wait like five, ten years, and we'll still keep doing this though. But yeah, today we're gonna talk about Hocus Pocus, released in 1993, the year that my sister was born. <laughs> And I was, I didn't saw this in theaters. I think I saw this when I was maybe like four or five uh, on TV. And this movie starts, and I even if you say that it that, that it looks cheap for me, it doesn't because it looks more cinematic. The sequel, even though I like the sequel, the sequel does look cheap. It does look like a TV movie. It looks like a, it was made by Netflix or Disney Plus in this case. Yes, that is true. Even though Disney Plus is destroying Netflix. Yeah, but we we get into the direction one. It's not technically the main character, but it's the one of the main characters, Thackeray Binks. 
by isn't that guy from NCIS or Criminal Minds? I don't know. I don't know. I think I it's NCIS. I can look that up. But yeah. Just keep look. Uh, yeah, keep but recapping. yeah. So, but this guy, uh, what would it be like sixteen, seventeen, and so yeah. and so like he sees that his little sister Danny is getting technically lured into the woods by a really horny. Sarah Jessica Parker. Before Sex in the City, Sarah Jessica Parker. Even before the first Wives Club, because a lot of people always say, oh my God, Sarah Jessica Parker and Ben Miller together in one movie. They did also the first Wives Clubs. Highly underrated movie. It's one of my favorite comedies. Yeah, <laughs> but also, then we get into the introduction to, I think this is the like one of the best roles that Ben Miller ever did. She is chewing up this scenery because she's fucking enjoying this. She is having the time of her... You know what? All three of them are yes. having the time of also their life. Also for Sarah Jessica Parker for one of her first movies to do that well, too, as well. Yeah, and she never remembered anything. Probably because it only took a month for them to film it. Yeah, and also, like, I'm pretty sure it's on record that I'm not a big fan of Sarah Jessica Parker. And there's only, like, two movies that I tolerate her. This one and First Wives Club. Because for me, Sarah Jessica Parker is one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood for me, in my list. But I cannot deny, she does look kind of sexy in this movie. And then she looks so fucking ugly. Hey, hey, be nice. In my opinion. Okay. Hey, I'm also saying it as a gay man, though. <laughs> and also when I was straight. No. Well, um, and just like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Go on. Go on, go on. And so we see that Winifred, the main sister of the Sandersons, she's brewing out a potion from her evil book, not the Necronomicon. It, it's it's the Necronomicon's less talented twin. Or cousin. Or cousin. Uh, it's, the, it's the Disney Channel Necronomicon. Uh, and so we see that she brews this potion to technically to suck the life out of children to be younger. So, like, they pulled that thing in the sequel. I was like, oh, my God. You can still, instead of potions, you can get these screens or Walgreens. At least they didn't do this in the first one. But then, of course, this is one of the criticisms that I have even since I was a kid. That Thackeray brings too, too long to make a, an attack to defend his sister. And I also, but I also at the same end, I can see it's part of the narrative because then he lost his lesson at the end with his sacrifice. It's just a character arc. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And so then also, even when I was a kid, I think I was like maybe like five or six. I'm not like, this fucking bitch, the, the, the little sister of, of Takiri Binks, she doesn't even flinch, move. I'm like... I don't know if Kenny Ortega told her, to, told him, uh, told her. I was like, hey, can you not, like, do nothing? Like, completely at all. I was like, this little girl even tried, even try, like, Danny. Kind of, like, uh, try to rebel or maybe spit on her their faces or something. But. Yeah, she just sits there. Yeah, she just sits there. And uh, the other thing that I like about this movie, that is edgy. Sometimes I forget every time that I see it that this is a Disney movie. Because it, it, they named Satan. They hide a lot in a pretty sure in the screenplay. They said the word bitch like five times and they say wish instead. And this movie has a weird amount of horniness. Yes. And also they say the word hack a lot. 
Well, they can't say other words. Uh-huh. But even though Hack is edgy for a PG, well, it was in 90s. So. Uh, and so they're yeah. like, they suck the drive, they suck the life of... Emily. Oh my gosh, he's still moving. Huh. Oh, that's a big error. I never noticed that until now. But yeah, so Danny is totally dead. And now they're young. They look from 50, maybe to like Wait, this 30. girl, this is Emily. Yeah, Emily. Emily B, sorry. Yeah, Danny's the other character. What are you, what are you talking I'm about, I'm sorry. Man? It's the parallels. Okay. <laughs> the, the parallels. I, this is going to be extra special because we're right here, Nate. And so, I love that... What was it? What was the name of Sarah Jessica Parker? Oh, Sarah. Sarah? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sarah is immediately fucking horny. To, she's, she wants to have sex with Takeri Bins right away. No, she just wants to have sex in general. Yes. Sex in Salem, in the Salem. But yeah, and so Winifred starts the spell of turning him into a cat. And it's a really interesting punishment, especially for a Disney movie. Yeah, it sounds like hell. Yes. But also, that's the thing, I would have liked to see. I love the darkness when the father is like, What do you do? What do you do to my kid? Where is he? And I love that. Thackeray, I think maybe he took him some years to talk, to learn how to talk as a cat. But it's technically you can feel like inside of him, they should have added him like maybe like crying. That would have been even darker. Yeah, I don't know if they could have done that, but... Yeah, but it is still dark though. And then the other thing that I like, we see them getting hanged. Oh, well, I mean, not explicitly, but... But it's there. Yeah, it's not, it's... It's implied. It's like in Pirates at World's End, mm-hmm. which ends where it starts with a hanging. Ah, that's true, though. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, he's a cat now, and his since he told his friend to call all the elders and stuff, I guess they now have an excuse to go to the Sanderson house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some slapstick ensues, mostly with Winifred beating the shit out of her sisters. Um... And then she does the, the, the spell for, for the candle. Yeah. So, and also this thing about the candle is a big plot point that I don't know how the hell they reuse it for the sequel. They literally forgot about it. Yeah, I haven't seen the sequel, I so know. I don't know. I'm just seeing, telling some hints about the sequel because I think the sequel is still really so fresh in my mind. I just saw it last week. <laughs> and, and, and so, and I love that this, they immediately start singing. Also, it's kind of like foreshadowing their big musical moment before they're getting hanged. And so she does this spell that she's going to come back to life in Hallow's Eve, Halloween. And if she, if she will suck the, the life of all of the children of Salem. And a virgin, this is big plot point, a virgin has to light the candle. Yeah, they really hammer in the, the virgin thing and it's just weird. Disney Channel! Yeah, especially from Disney Channel. A.K.A. Walt Disney, because this was theatrically re- released. We, we cannot forget that. We can't, but it also... It feels like it could have done more. Like, I'm, push I, it. I mean, they pushed a lot. But I feel like they wanted to do more. Honestly, I have a feeling that maybe they've shot the movie first. And they're like, you know what? This is too edgy for Disney Channel. And that's why they released it on, on in the theaters. I don't I mean, think they would have played on cable, though. There's a bit of a... More of a budget in uh-huh. this movie. That I appreciate. So then we go into the time jump. We go to 1993. And we see... Technically our main character. 
Max Dennison. Yeah, it's funny because the voice actor for Max the the dog the is cat. well, you know, Max the cat in this um, movie, but Max the dog and uh, all the goofy stuff. Yes, a goofy movie, another classic from the nights from Disney. Yeah, yeah, same voice and everything. Was it nineteen ninety five? Two years oh, after? Goofy movie? Yeah. It was 1995. Yeah, and so... Oh! And so, then, of course, another thing, a staple of horror, as we, me and Billy, we just saw the movie, is a skeptic learning how to believe. It's another trope of horror. It is, but it also means that they're the most unlikable character at first. But that... Yes. That's that's part of their arc. Because it goes through an arc. Yes, and then we, we see that he's interested in not Kira Knightley, <laughs> Vanessa Shaw. Vanessa Shaw. Uh-huh. And I was I, like, I call her not Hillary Swank. She does oh my god, you just broke my fucking glass. Right? It's so she much. She does better. look like Hillary Swank. Yeah, either way, discount Hillary Swank is in Even this though movie. Another, She's a big another overrated actress for me and my list. Hillary Swank, really overrated for me. But yeah, and so she of course another staple in the nineties, giving out their number. And, of course, immediately... It's a 555 number as well. Of course. But also her name is Allison, and she's wearing a red coat. Dun, 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 dun. And they shot some scenes in the one God damn slap. it. So this could be Rosewood. I call it uh, Hollow's... No, no, no. Star Hollow. Star's Hollow. Star Hollow. Yeah, so sorry. you can see that Billy's really tired. Yeah, dude. I've My coffee's still working. Huh? I'm really awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been a long day of just, like, driving. Oh, yeah. We did a lot of driving. So, right after this, we see that Max... Loves, goes... I, love, I love the uh, fake leaves as well, because mm-hmm. leaves are never that bright. Well, maybe in the East Coast, so... Mm-hmm. But they, they look, like, obvious. But like, you, can, uh, you, can, you have to appreciate the cinematography is really good. Eh, it's, it's shot pretty standard. And there's mm-hmm. nothing, like amazing about it but it's not i mean it's competently done you can also say this is a spiritual sequel well prequel to casper i think casper was in 1996 because they have like the same effects yeah maybe. and almost the same locations though eh, yeah you know what you you might be right see you see the hoodie right there yeah we're also using the movie as like a reference on um, right background yeah, yeah just just to really sink it in. Yes, and so we see that Max stumbles into... I never liked these characters, but also they're technically part of the plot. The classic thing from the 90s, the bully characters. Yep. I forget the, the blonde one with Thor's hair's name is. He but, looks like the cheap Thor from Adventures of Babies. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of does. Sorry if it's in the Nafrio, but... You're cool, though. But it does kind of like a cheap Thor, though. Um, Adventures of Babies, that's a good movie. Uh, and so then we see that we introduce to the dumb character. I don't even know his fucking name, but his name is Ice. Ice Ice Baby, maybe they introduce that <laughs> to make it dated. Yeah. But also, thinking about the name Ice, me as a Latino, this a little kind of like, I'm getting pulled into political crap. Well, and yeah, because he's a white guy. Also, he's a white guy. He looks like a fucking Trump supporter. Well, no, they both look like Proud Boys. It's oh, good one. Good one there. I got also, Ice. This is an interesting thing for a bully. Well, also because I grew up in Mexico. Bullies will fucking punch you, will make you bleed, not steal your shoes. 
That's yeah, but then you forget that this is a Disney movie. I know, I forget that. But anyway, I'm almost, I'm this these douchebags with the terrible style <laughs> steal his shoes. Somehow he knows he has the same foot size. Interesting casualty. Yeah, and discount Jamie Kennedy is just like, Oh, I'm so sick. I didn't want to move here. Moping. Not Kylo Ren style. Oh, yeah, so you said that he looks like a Christian Slater. Yeah, he's no, he sounds more like Christian Slater than looks mm-hmm. like him, but still. Yeah, and so he's like uh, in the bed, and this is interesting for a Disney movie that he's holding a pillow, and he's like, "Oh, Allison!" Like he's almost about to have sex with the with the pillow. Yeah, and they do this like POV like Michael Myers style. Michael Myers style shot multiple times in the movie, and this one it belongs to his little sister Danny, then unknown Thora Birch. Mm-hmm. Who uh, was from American Beauty and Ghost World. Oh my god! Is that's where, true. Is where most people know her from mm-hmm. is uh, Ghost World. It's a great movie. Good movie. And so, then after this, she's like, uh, also it's interesting the way that she's like, oh my god, kiss me right now. I'm Madison. Ah, ah, I'm Madison. And I'm like, girl, I well, know that Game you're of Game of Thrones uh, was a while away, so it was even weirder. Wasn't the first book in the 80s? What the, the Game, Game of Thrones? No, those were the nineties, you fool. This came out. This is ninety three. Well, it came out ninety six. So, mm. gotcha. Ah, this was before Harry Potter too. Ninety seven. There's a lot of nineties knowledge trivia that we're throwing right now, but uh, yeah. And so we see that Danny proposes. Was like, oh my god, we have to. Oh, I, come on, I want you to trick-or-treat with me. And uh, Max is like, She's no. conveniently dressed as a witch as well. Yes. Well, and also Max is like, no, I'm a cool teenager. Get the fuck out. I'm not, I don't I, I don't want to do this. And she's like, Mom, I want you to take me trick-or-treat, goddammit. And so after this, they go trick-or-treating. And Max, of course, even wearing going back to Supernatural. He's wearing sunglasses at night. <laughs> <laughs> I always find a way to bring Supernatural. Yeah, you do. And, and so, and then he's like, no, Danny, I'm, I'm over this. And they're getting some candy and of course they get blocked by the bully characters. I was like, give us your candy. It was like, and Danny was like, well, my brother will fucking punch She does you. that little sibling thing where they try to sound more tougher than they are, mm-hmm. but they end up embarrassing you because you're just like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, because they know they'll probably like get beat up and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And their parents are going to this costume party down at town hall. That conveniently all of the parents of the town are going. Yeah, and it actually looks pretty fun. Yes, it does. I love all the stock Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, Danny, uh, the Max gives the candy away to the bullies. And Daniel's like, uh, you know, you don't like me. You don't love me. You're a... Then he doesn't say that. But you're an asshole. Get the fuck out. And I love the drama, the way that Kenny Ortega portrays of, like, Danny going between the pumpkins. Huh. It's a really melodramatic telenovela kind of moment. And immediately heartwarming thing that I told you even when we saw the ending that it looks kind of like E.T. It's like it, it turns into E.T. for some reason. I don't also, know why. It's also because I think Kenny Ortega is because he's framing that Danny is the most important character in the movie. She is. She is, is. literally, she drives the plot forward. And also technically she's kind of like a, a plot device as well. 
She is a plot device. Uh huh. And, and so we haven't seen plot device in a while. <laughs> well, there haven't been many movies that have had that distinction mm-hmm. that we've covered, at least. Yes. And so then they go to Allison's house. That I told you, even I saw this on Twitter. This this guy that tweets about Scream every day that I follow. That the house that Allison is in is the same house that they use for the sorority house in Scream 2, where Sarah Michelle Geller dies. Spoilers for a 25-year-old movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's also a movie that we did cover. A lot. Yes, we did. And so, after this, we see that Allison is giving them candy. And also, I love this little joke that was like, oh my god, the rich people, they have their full-size bars and everything. Yeah, Not they're like- having an eyes-wide-shut party for sure. Oh my god, yes! Thank you for bringing that up! It is like a nice white shot kind of party. And I'm like, there's some kinky stuff, though, that they let her 17-year-old daughter to see, though. Well, it looks like she was going to be part of that, so... Uh-huh. Uh, that's a little different, especially with this movie's uh, um, consistent edgy, horniness. Yes. Edgy. Edgy horniness. And so then Allison proposes, I was like, uh, well, actually, like, you know about the Sanderson sisters, Danny. You know that this is true, right? And my mother used to manage the store where they, there that was no That everyone cabin. conveniently forgot about. Yes, that it was abandoned. That all of a sudden, a random child that saw this in the sequel, he gets the house. Magically. <laughs> With no explanation. Wait, really? Yes. Little spoiler for the second one. That sucks. There's a lot of the- they also, like, in this one, too, there's a lot of plot conveniences, but in the second one, there's even more. There's a lot of plot conveniences. Uh, conveniences or plot holes. Plot holes, too. Yes. And so, of course, Danny does the horror thing. The, the, not Danny. Max does the horror skeptic thing. I was like, oh, okay, make me a believer. So let's go to the house. So they go to the house, and... No, he's doing it so he can get on. Uh, he wants Allison's, to get laid. Yeah, on Allison's good side, because obviously he's tired of sick and tired of being called a virgin. Even though this is like the first time that they start calling him a virgin when he lights the candle. Yeah, because they realize that a virgin is the only one that can light the candle. But you know what? It's not far fetched though, because when I was like twelve in high school, I already knew about so many guys and girls that had sex. From Pablo and my generation. So imagine the generation before me. I mean, everybody has, uh, knows about sex at some point. Yeah. And so... Oh, I even knew about some pregnant girls when I was 14. In part of my generation. Uh, that's not... That that very rarely happened where I was at. Or I don't... Mm. I don't... Uh, have a personal story with that, but... Mm-hmm. That's kind of messed up. I know. I have seen some stuff. But yeah, and so going back to the story, so we go into the cabin, and of course, Allison reads a part of a part of the thing from the book that it was gotten, Winifred got it by technically by making a deal with the devil, and I call bullshit, quoting Billy, that I don't I don't <laughs> like that fucking retcon in the sequel that a magical wish given to them when they were like. Eight or nine, the Winifred sisters. I like that it was made by the devil, but then you brought up the thing about legends. That legends and myths can be misunderstood. And uh, yeah, a lot as of people, they get passed down. Uh, the broken phone thing. The broken phone thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? You're defending the sequel even not, even not watching it. That's a good thing. But yeah, and so Max, he reads the thing about the candle that a virgin has to light it up. 
So he's like, well, let's bring the old hacks right now. And uh, and of course, my Danny, as an audience avatar, she's like, fuck no. Can you please stop it? And also, we forgot telling about the jokes about that Max calls boobies yabos. Well, no, I'm, I'm Danny not, calls them. Danny that. calls them yabos. But I was like, I didn't grow up in this country, so... Is there another way to call boobs yabos? Really? I don't know. I've never heard it. <laughs> Is that a Disney Channel term for boobs? <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Oh. Either way, they go to the house, and they do the tip. The other typical horror thing is where one of the characters takes out an evil book mm-hmm. and reads a passage from it. What's so wrong about uh, reading a book? It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Ah, uh, he I said it. it. <laughs> Roll credits. And so Max lights the candle. All of the lights go go off, and I was like, and my sister's like, "What the hell happened?" Very then, good that the electricity also still works in this place. Mm-hmm. And Danny said, "Well, a virgin light the candle," and we we get the introduction to the way the Sanderson sisters. Well, reintroduction. Reintroduction. To the sisters. And so, I love how they all enter and I love that they had those tiny details that they still left at the house like Sarah was like oh my god that's beautiful tail it's still here my lucky tail yay yeah the rat tail and Mary was like I did I told you sister that I let it on ha 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 and she's like I smell children and Katina Jimmy I love that she has maybe like 20-30 lines in this whole movie but she also eats it up too as well and the way that she moves her mouth, and also she brought that back in the sequel too. The way she puts it on the spot like this. Yeah, I appreciate that they keep the continuity. The continuity in this movie is actually pretty okay. Yes. And so they notice the children, and immediately Danny brings up her role as I was like, I was the one that wake you up, sisters. And I was waiting for you. But immediately. One of the things about Winifred and me, I was like, eh, uh, uh, we just got back. We made, we made technically a, a deal with the devil. We have a time frame. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that kicks the plot. This is a whole thing that's happening in one night, and we had a ticking time bomb. Yeah. That's the other thing about this movie has really high tension. You can't deny that. It sets it up pretty all right. Yes. And so, immediately, all of the Sanders is like, you know what? Let's going to eat you right now. And uh, and then Max is in. I'm sorry, Max. Then she's like, "Oh my God! Oh hell no! Let's get the hell out of here!" Yeah, and they're like, "Uh, what are you, chicken?" Or like Max's. And then, uh, but Allison and uh, Danny just want to go. Yes. So, so Max immediately makes a move to Tenniki to fuck up with the sisters, and they all start attacking them. Even though Winifred almost got him killed with the with her puppeting lightning. Yes, her very obviously CGI'd lightning, but it's it's still it works. Cool, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, and so they immediately start attacking, and then Max was like, "You just face the great and powerful Max and prepare for the reign of death." And I love the naiveness of these powerful witches that have made well because the they're, they're, they don't understand technology three hundred years in the future. Also, because which some is, fish it's, it's, it's out of water story too yeah i guess in that sense you're also right mm-hmm. and so then i was like oh. and then of course max lights up the the emergency what, what you call the it? sprinklers the sprinklers the emergency fire system and now the sentence is like oh my god ah! 
okay, they, they start writing, they get to cover, and of course Max grabs the book and like to steal it from them and then he slips and then we get the introduction of Takeri Binks, the reintroduction as him as a cat. I was like, nice going, Max. Yeah, and this time he can talk. And I was like, wow, you can talk. We don't have time for that. Let's let let's move. And so they immediately go out and they they immediately ran out. And of course, Takeri Binks guides them to a cemetery because he established a rule that the witches cannot touch it because it's a hollow ground. It's really interesting. And so they go immediately and then Takeri gives them some exposition about how powerful they can be, even for a little misunderstanding of between lovers, between Mary and, oh no, not Mary, um, between Winifred and Sarah, that they were sharing a lover, that he even fucked up with Billy Butcherson so bad that he technically buried him alive and sued his mouth. With a dull needle. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Very Chucky style. And so... And also, Takiri says that was like, a, I will do whatever it takes to pay for the sin that I make of not saving my sister. And also establishes that he's technically, he's one of his faults. And so, then we get the Sanderson's of like, oh, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And so they show up. And of course, the San- Winifred brings by Billy back, Billy Burchison. And like, in this portrayed by Doc Jones, one of his first roles. Yeah, and he still looks the same. Yes. It's, it's really incredible. But he does a lot of stuff with Guillermo del Toro. One of his muses. <laughs> one of Guillermo del Toro's muses. Absolutely. And so then after this, Billy he starts chasing them and they go underneath the cemetery and of course, the Sandersons, they cannot go in and they're trying to look for the children. And then of course, I was like, Winifred was like, but I need my book. I need the spell because I don't, uh, conveniently, I don't remember it. Even though I technically did it before I died. And so, and so they, we get into one of the small characters in the movie, the bus drivers. Wapo, wapo, I'm in trouble. And this, I, this dude just, he's, he's very lonely. And horny. And unbelievably horny. I was like, uh, and I love Winifred. I was like, what is this contraction to bring? Such a beautiful desires for this kind of women. Ah, oh, we want children. It would take me a while, but I can help you. And I'm like, um... Yeah, sexual innuendos are definitely... Uh-huh. I don't know how they got away with all that in the 90s. Yes, but that's the thing that I love, though. Because a lot of 90s movies have a lot of sexual innuendos. That's why also a lot of people love it. That's why uh, children, uh, adults and children from that part of the time love this when we still after. Because they were universal. Not like fucking movies are right now that children have no edge and it feels made for like two-year-olds. Because most of them are, unfortunately. Most of them are, unfortunately. But we can have the comeback of Kung Fu Panda 4. That's the hope. Well, you know, there's there's always time to recapture that magic. Also, Spider-Verse was one of the last AG PG movies. That was pretty good. Yeah, no, as long as they don't treat their audience of children like mm-hmm. shit then yeah. it's fine and so after this billy purchasing he gets his toes technically ripped out because sarah was driving the bus on top of the bus driver's penis is really hinted there and so, and so of course it's also interesting that sarah is also kind of like horny for the 
for Danny and Allison too as well. So is is there any hinting that maybe Sarah is by? I'd never read it like that. I'm reading it like that too, though. It came into my brain until now. Anyway, it a lot happens in this movie. A lot. For only an hour and a half. I forget how complicated it is. And because it has a lot of plot conveniences. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. And, and so, then after this, the the children they they go out, and they get they get out of the cemetery, and of course. Thackeray Binks gets technically ran over by the bus and Daniel was like, oh my god, he just died. And then we see him regenerating Claire Bennett style from Heroes. I was pulling back from Heroes too. Yeah, it's very Claire Bennett. Yeah, and so I was like, well, I'm immortal, so I cannot die. So I'm like, how many fucking times has Thackeray Binks died in 300 years? It brings the question about the subtlety and the darkness of his character. Yeah, and... That he has to go back to the same cat. Mm-hmm. He can't get reincarnated or something. Yeah. And so, then they go out, and the, the witches, they go into a neighborhood, and I'm like, and Mary's like, oh my god, it's no children, but I don't see them anywhere. I was like, oh, I think I'm losing my power. Because also we established that Tenniki Winifred is the most powerful one. Oh yeah, no, she's the leader for a reason. And technically, Mary and Sarah, they're kind of like assistants with almost no power at all. Yeah, and they're also the dumb ones. Yes. Well, Sarah, mostly. But also, another thing that it continues in the sequel, though, how Winifred loves them, even though they don't have a lot of power. She still loves ah, her sisters. Ah, so it's the, you're an idiot, but you're my idiot yes. mentality. Mm-hmm. And so, they went getting to the big cameo of this movie. Oh. Gary Marshall. Yeah, as the devil, Gary as the Marshall. De- the devil himself. Not the devil from Constantine. He's one of the best Lucifers on screen, in my opinion. Also, the guy from Lost in Supernatural. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Oh, also, um, uh, the guy from It in Legend, great devil. Oh, Tim Curry. Tim yeah. Curry, great devil, too. And so, but then we Gary Marshall's like, oh, yes, sisters, get in here. Oh, oh. Get you what you want, okay? Just get in, get in. And of course, the Sanders sisters, because they're so naive, they think that they're entering a gate of hell. And that he uh, is actually Satan. Mm-hmm. And then they see, we get also the other cameo, Penny Marshall. His uh, sister. His sister. These are both, they, they have directed some really good movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of romantic comedies yes. from the 80s and 90s. Penny uh, Marshall didn't do much, but mm-hmm. what she did do, she did pretty well. Yes. And so... And then after this, the like was like, oh my god, Satan Mary Medusa. Because she, they see all of her hair products. <laughs> oh, the, the clippings? Yeah, the clippings. Yeah, and so, and they're like, uh, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go and get my beauty rest, says, says Penny Marshall. And Sarah immediately tries to make a move on, on Lucifer to dance. And whenever I was like, but what about my book? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can do that later. And I love that Winifred goes to a kitchen. I was like, oh, my God, it's a torture chamber. I'm going <laughs> to play with it. And, of course, uh, Penny Marsh is like, get the fuck out of my house. And I was like, oh, and then the witch is like, oh, make us. Yeah, and there's a lot of good uh, jokes involving them not understanding modern technology. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after this, oh, we also skipped the thing about the cop. 
They're... Oh, you mean how they tried to tell a cop, but it actually wasn't a cop? It was just a dude dressed as one? Yeah, because they're With like... what's probably a hooker. It's implied that uh, I'm pretty sure that that woman was a hooker, but also... It's interesting how this guy that is dressed as a cop fucks up with the children that much that he makes it believe that they're a co he's a cop. Yeah, or that he just happened to have a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And, and then I love that the guy was like, Are you really a virgin? Yeah, you want me to tattoo it to my face, General Leto style? Yeah, no, I don't like that the fact that they keep making fun of this kid being a virgin. He's like 15. Yeah, like 15 or 16. And so... Then after this, we see that Winifred figures it out that All Hallows Eve is not a, a celebration about the deaths and opening a realm between the dead and the living. It's just, think about candy. It's a celebration of dressing up as ghouls and whatever. And I was like, look at this, sisters, they're children. I was like, oh my god. But they didn't notice that their, all of their magical brooms were stolen by three little girls that they were dressed like them. Yeah, to be fair, they are pretty sweet brooms. Yeah, and also these little girls shame Disney that you didn't brought those those little girls as thirty year olds with their brooms. That would have been a nice joke for the sequel. <laughs> and so, and then they figured that out, and of course they're like, "Well, we still need to look for the damn book and the and the and the children." Okay, now we get into the dancing. We get into the party scene. Oh, where the, of course, since they're kids, they don't. Uh, nobody believes them and uh -huh. they're just like oh this is just part of the show and this guy this extra that is doing the singing he's eating up the robe because the makeup looks amazing it does it does everybody's costumes look great mm -hmm. and so and then after that then like oh hey we need to find mom and dad and then max explains the whole thing and he doesn't believe him i was like oh, but what about danny she okay no 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 fine he's the he's uh, danny's fine and Danny is trying to be like with her mom. I was like, Mom, this happened, this happened. And also Max is a virgin. And if I was his, if I was the mom, I was like, hey, um, you're a virgin too. Shut up. Yeah. And, and so the mom was like, she's like, Mom, where are you supposed to be? Madonna. <laughs> and also that pun, I was like, I'm not Dracula. I'm Dracula. And I'm like, that's a Billy line right there. Yeah, but it's the delivery is terrible. <laughs> And so Winifred gets technically amazed by the singer because I think in this moment it's also kind of like hinted that she thinks that the guy is a real ghoul. Yeah, and she just decides to take the song he was singing mm -hmm. and make their own little concert, which happened to be a spell. And one of the most epic musical moments It is in pretty awesome. History. I actually legitimately love this. I say it's a vibe, I'm already at the vibe. I say it's a vibe, I'm already at the vibe. It's not a story, oh boy. Hey, hey, hi, and say goodbye. Hey, stop, stop. 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 I'm not. Dance, dance until you die. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes I have seen. Oh, yeah, and the parents think that it's uh, part of the show. Yes. And also, I love this kind of spell that they're, like, they're dancing so, so much for, like, what would it be, like, right now? Like, 1 a.m.? 12 or 1, maybe? And yeah, but the sun comes up around, like, 5.30. Yeah, so they have been dancing straight for, like, 4 hours. 4 or 5. And so, right after this, they take the key right out into a restaurant, the back of a restaurant, and Mary gets confused because they were in the back, kind of like a, kind of like a red lobster. Kind of like a fish place. <laughs> yeah. So conveniently, the fish saved their lives. And 
And so, Allison has the brilliant idea to use a big ass oven furnace that is in the school. And I'm gonna say, were there real American schools with that big of a furnace? Uh, I think so, yeah. Damn. I'm pretty sure a lot of children die that way. Hi, they're getting burned. And so, then after this, they go into the school, and Max plays technically a game of like a hinting the sisters, almost like, come on in, come and get us. And they make this trap with kind of like a, a taping of learning how to speak in French. I want a book. She read the book. And they're like, oh my god, what is this? And they go into the furnace and they get guided by the damn, by the damn recording. And of course, this is also so interesting for a Disney movie. It's also so sadistic of how they stare. So how they legitimately uh, stare at them getting burned alive. Yeah, and that they seemingly um, succeed, celebrate. And then this feels like the first ending, and yes. I, I hated that. I thought that the movie was over when I was a kid. But I brought up that I told you that it's also raising the stakes because all of it is dependent on the spell that it has to be until dawn. So it also makes the Sandersons more immortal only for one night. So if this movie would have been P-13, I'm pretty sure one of the characters would have sh- shot them with a gun. Probably. And so... We see also that that girl's like, well, well, I'm happy that they're destroyed, even though they don't know that they're destroyed yet, and they they're still alive. You know, they come. But also, you Max have to learn have to learn to be a big brother and take responsibility for your sibling, because I didn't, and this is my punishment. So I don't want you to make the same mistake. What yeah, and they're and they're filming on the Warner Brothers lot by the Friends. Uh, it's the Friends fountain. And this is right before Friends started, because Friends started in 1993. So maybe they recorded this, maybe like. A few months before they started recording the pilot, maybe? Maybe. And so, and then of course, immediately Danny being the really caring child. She's like, come on, Takri, I'm going to give you a home. And they go back to the house and they're like, wow, well, mom and daddy, they're not here. They're still enjoying the, the damn party. And I love that Danny was like, I'm going to give you so much food, tuna. You're going to kill so many mice. I was like, uh, and Takri was like, you're going to fucking... Domesticate me like a lot of those damn fat cats, right? And but also Danny say something so sweet, but if you think about it, it's also so dark that Thackeray Bees will have an eternal life of being a cat for many years. It's just seen so many of Danny's long, long, long live like bloodline getting killed and killed. Imagine if he would have not died. That would be so dark. Damn. I thought of that when I was a kid. <laughs> my mind was really really going there but yes of course and also like you said that Max and Allison's relationship is a little forced I, I can get you that yeah it, it, it goes by really quick they have mm. to focus on certain things mm-hmm. and yeah anything with the sisters is, is great yes so we go back into the Sanderson house they're like oh I don't have my book and I don't remember the spell it's like we have, you have to remember Winnie, and I love that. Like okay, <sighs> maybe it's a dead man's toe, and also Sarah, you were right here behind me being stupid, and I love that. She's <laughs> <so> like, <laughs> <laughs> and she cannot remember, so technically Winifred gets up, and then, and I told you this, this is an organic choice that the technically Allison wakes up, and you know, you know what, they're dead. Let's check out the book. 
totally forgot that what technically Thackeray told us to never touch the damn book. And also we forgot that the Sanders sisters technically took the bullies. Because oh yeah, they put them in metal cages and they don't get out. Also because the bullies deserve that punishment because they told them, hey you fucking ugly bitches. Oh yeah, no, or uh, chicks. But you know that he they he said, hey witch, but it was like, hey, yo bitch, yo witch, get out of my shoe. You know that the screenplay maybe said, yo bitch, get out of my shoe. You know in the 90s it would not be far-fetched as a dialogue. Yeah. And, and so... I also like the punishment, like you said, about being in the middle cages, but I'm also surprised that Sarah didn't try to make a move on them. Maybe. Oh, she probably did. Or maybe they were too ugly for Sarah. Maybe. They, you, they're kind of like ugly too, though. And so they immediately when he gets out, and Mary was like, oh, "Come on, I'll hold your sister. You're about to die." And I was like, "Yes, take me to the window." Yeah, because. Uh... Max came in with the car headlights and he tricked him again. Not yet. And so, oh, and well, they, it's when Mary sees the thing about it. Me, 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 they go to the window and Winifred's like, Oh my God, those children open the damn book. This is convenient for my character right now. So we shall fly. And so they go into the closet. And they find a broom, a sweet, a sweet broom, a mop and a vacuum cleaner. And I love that Winifred's just like, I'm I'm the one with the ego. I get the broom. Sarah gets the, the mop. And I love Katina Jimmy's. She's like, Mary. Mary's just like, I will rock it. I will rock this fucking vacuum cleaner right now. That they always play the vacuum noise, too. Which <laughs> and is, the room really bus in the sequel is fucking, is fucking hilarious, though. Ugh. And, and so they go into the house. And Allison reads out. I think for Supernatural, that salt is always really convenient to technically protect you from witches and zombies, even though that was not established in Supernatural, it was only from ghosts. But it's also amazing that I like, go to get salt and they go back because they hear and also feels that Kenny Ortega was doing another horror shot because of how he opens the, the door really slowly. And we see Winifred with her nail too. Huh. It's, yeah, never really thought of it that way. Yeah, because I think he wanted to do some horror stuff, but this is a hey, hey, hey cut it down. Okay, this is this is a Disney Channel movie. It's a Disney movie. Well, it's not technically a Disney Channel movie. It is but, a Disney movie. Um, it is a dis. Yeah, it is a Disney movie. And so, they immediately figured uh, the the Sanderson's grabbed Danny, and I was like, oh, "You're not gonna fool us anymore, child." And then, of course, they fuck with Max. And Allison makes a circle of salt to protect it. Oh, you little beautiful, you little white witch. Doesn't matter. I will get my, I will get my spell and I will kill all of the children from Salem. And Winifred gets a witch style exploding the third floor of this house of Max's room. And we get into another great moment. A little, also a little dark too about Sarah Singing, come little children, I'll take Oh, around the town and away. making all the kids go to the Sanderson home. Yes. It's actually kind of cool. It is kind of cool and dark. And so, Max and I was like, how can we... It was like, remember what they say, that they, they will, they're only alive until dawn. If they don't kill children, that's how they're going to die. And so... So essentially they just have to stall for time. Yeah, they have to stall for time. And so she established that Allison, when she fuck up and open the book, it's 5 a.m. So they have maybe like an hour, an hour and a half to stall. And so... 
They get back into the house. They make the potion. And Winifred's like, I will be beautiful forever. And I killed all of the children. And Danny was like, it doesn't matter how many potions you will make. You're ugly because you sold your soul. And then, then Winifred's like, I'm going to kill you first. But also I love the, the edginess of, of Danny being so brave to tell that to a witch right in her front yeah, of her Yeah, Thor face. Birch does a really great job. Yes. Amazing actress. And so, for a child actor too as well. Yeah. And so, she, and also Max walks in. He's like, uh, you, you witches, you don't even, it was like, uh, I was like, we're, gonna, we're not going to believe you. You have no power here. It was like, Yes. But you don't know about something. Well, about what, dude? Says Winifred. Oh, that's when uh, the they thing like I mentioned earlier. They like savings time, and they see they said uh, they see the 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 sunrise. Like, oh my God, we're burning! And it feels like we're sort of us too. Oh, oh no! Yeah, it feels like an intentional choice. It's, it feels like an intentional choice. And then I was like, Danny was like, come on, Danny, let's go, let's go. And Danny was like, I want to see them turn into dust. And then this is Allison. Come on, get the, kinda, fuck, get the fuck in. Yeah, <laughs> which is also like, it's kind of murderous kid. But I understand. Hey, I like that about Danny though. And so they get into the car, and Max is driving. I was like, oh, how much time do we have? Do we have though? We can still do it, and they still make it. And then this is feels like Ben Miller uh, improvised this line. Come on, man, show me your driver's permit. How would she know about that, though? Uh, they have, like, what, like, seven hours here on this earth? Yeah, maybe magic. Who knows? Or maybe... Oh, don't forget. Mary was watching TV. So maybe they learned it like, a, like maybe, Apocalypse or like maybe. in X-Men Apocalypse. They, they touched the TV and uh, learned all of the... <laughs> yeah, uh, you had to remind me of that stupid movie. Yeah, and so they stumble into the, into the cemetery... And they make a circle of salt around Billy's, uh, in, around Billy's uh, grave. And also Billy wakes up, uh, technically uh, opens his mouth. Uh, take a, take yeah, because Max screws. found a knife. Yes. I was like, oh, you damn witch. I was like, I, I was like, get the hell out of here. And I was like, you damn you, Billy. Damn, damn, double damn. And then <laughs> they fly away and they make this circle. And also, it's interesting that Danny goes immediately into the grave. And I love that Danny doesn't react to be like, this fucking stinks. Like, literally, this fucking stinks. And so, and they go into the house, and they go, they say, they, they will say, so like, yeah, we'll try to get you. And then Winnie, I love, she makes this kind of like football kind of like move of like technically kicking Billy's, uh, Billy's head like a, like a Oh, football. yeah, while on the broom. Yes. Uh, the ground, because they can't, they can't touch the ground. And Allison makes a fucking move of grabbing some salt and throwing it into Sarah's face. And I'm like, thank you, Allison. Great. You figured that out until now. Great wire work and great practical effects. Yes. And That's so, well. at the end, also, Winifred, talking about her ego, because even even Mary and Sarah was like, hey, we have all of the children right here in the cabin. We can kill them right now. And, and then Winifred was like, I don't care. I want to kill Danny because she fucking insulted me. I want to teach her a lesson. And that pettiness is what kills her. Uh-huh. And so she grabs Danny. She's about to kill her. And then Max is like a... And then Thackeray goes to, into the broom and then stumbles into Winifred. And Winifred drops the vial. And so Max makes the decision. My life for my sister. Yeah, and also he conveniently catches it. 
Yes, he catches it and he drinks the potion. And also Winifred throws Thackeray into a grave, a gravestone. And we see that Thackeray is technically dead. And so, oh, yeah, he did get hit against some pretty hard rocks. Yes, and so Winifred grabs Max and he's about to like... But then, Suck his soul up Dementor style. Yes, Dementor style. And then Mary and Sarah, they figure it out that it's, about, it's already turning into... A, we see the, the dawn. And they're like, bye-bye. And they turn into a dust. Great, great uh, hammy delivery. Yes. And of course, we see Winifred turning into a stone. She's like, damn it. Boom! And she turns into, into a stone. And then she also explodes. And Thackeray is crying because also, as the Sanderson's technically died because of the spell, technically his spell also dies. So that's why same he's already mortal. <coughs> yeah, and same with Billy. Mm-hmm, same with Billy as well. And so, the Danny is crying. Next to the I mean, next to Thackeray's body. This is a real ET moment. It's a real here. ET moment right here. She's like, "Please come back the same way that you did." And then the ghost of Thackeray being shows up. Was like, uh, "Don't cry about uh, about uh, don't cry, Danny. I'm right here. We I finally accomplished my goal. I took revenge over my sister's death, and now my soul is free." And then I was expecting him to go. Can I keep you? Yeah, like in Casper. But yeah. still, instead of him touching her heart, I was like, I'll be right here. He gives her, he gives her a kiss on the cheek. And then he walks away, and we see that, that li- the little Emily, Emily Binks, is like, Thackeray Binks. I was like, what took you so long? I waited 300 years for a virgin to light the candle. And I waited for my to say, oh, my, for the mother love of God, I'm going to have sex right, right here. And so that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And then we get a post, I guess, post credit scene. Stinger, yeah. Stingers with the parents all walking out exhausted. And the book is still technically alive. And yeah, and the bully's just singing, row, row, row your boat. Mm-hmm. And then the book opens its eye. And then, that yeah, that's that's Hocus Pocus. It's weird that it took 29 years for a damn sequel. I'm just... No, um, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they were just well, waiting for t- too long. We're living in the fucking nostalgia thing of just trying everything out. But at least the sequel was not the Hocus Pocus Awakens, though. I wouldn't know that, so I'm just going to take your word for it. Yeah, but also, as we sum up the movie, for me, it's a classic. It's a staple. I, I, it, I, I understand I, why. I watch it every Halloween. It's, like, watched so much. Mm-hmm. I just think it's... There's other stuff that could also be appreciated. This one just gets so much. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where it's like, all right, that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. But I think, like I said, I think this is why this movie is beloved. Because it's edgy. It's made with a universal love for every part of the audience. It has horniness. It has camp. It has Disney magic. E.T. kind of like a storytelling with drama. Melodrama with Takuri Binks. So... I love this movie. This is a fucking 11 for me. Well, you know what? On a rewatch, I'm going to give it like a... This movie is just okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's definitely a guilty pleasure. But I, I wouldn't go so far as to call it good. But I will say that it's 
pretty damn entertaining. So for that, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a seven. Nice, nice. So maybe not as hard. I'm probably sounded like a complete asshole at the beginning. I don't hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I just don't love it as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Everybody has different opinions, and that's that's still okay. Yeah. But, but anyway, what is the uh, next movie that we're gonna do? Uh, don't look under the bed. A movie that I have never seen. Me neither. Ooh, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, I just I know it by its reputation. So. Ooh. I'm hoping for like, um, at least a nice spooky vibe. Mm-hmm. But until then, where can the good people find you, buddy? You can find me as always at RoberRDC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd at RoberRDC. Please follow the podcast on SYNS Pod. Please give us a recommendation and please give us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, Google, and the other ones in you, Billy. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at MasterPuns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And once again, you can give us a five star and just write a review on Apple Podcasts, as well as listen to us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, wherever podcasts to listen to. And as always, see you next summer, sisters! Done, 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 done.